Welcome back to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we're telling the amazing, untold, wacky, weird, and inspiring stories of type 1 diabetics from across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and I wanted to let you know that we now have over 500 years of living with T1D on the podcast, and we're on track to be over 1,000 by the end of the summer, which is pretty exciting. I also wanted to chat about my new email series, Friday T1D Feels, where I send you a personal note, no fancy graphics or anything like that, about what I've been thinking about in the world of type 1 diabetes during that week. If you're into that, just go to diabeticsdoingthings.com and sign up. I'd also like to take a minute to talk about hashtag coverage to control. JDRF is raising awareness around the fact that most of us don't get to pick the insulin pumps we have, just the ones our insurance will cover. Just imagine if your cell phone was like that. Except this isn't a phone, it's what keeps us alive. So let your voice be heard and tell your insurance company that T1Ds and their doctors should decide what kind of pumps they use, not the companies. I'm looking at you, Aetna, United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Let's get this right. Okay, enough chatter. Let's get back to the episode. Hello and welcome back to Diabetics Doing Things. Uh, we're back with new episodes uh, with type 1 diabetics telling the amazing stories of them all over the world. Um, and I'm especially excited today because we are again talking to another international uh, guest on the podcast. Uh, so my guest today is Noemi uh, Buevin. Is that, uh, and, I, and again, I probably butchered her last name. No, it's pretty close. Pretty close. All right. Well, I can deal that. And uh, Noemi, you're you're calling from uh, for the French Alps today. So, um, in terms of locations, uh, you know, pretty prime, pretty jealous uh, for most of our you know U.S. listeners. Yeah, but you know, for French people, it's a normal place, and I love to travel the USA. So I'm jealous about you too. <laughs> Well, and, and I saw, and I was doing a little bit of research kind of before we had our conversation, um, I know that you and Sid, uh, who's part of the Bike Beyond team and uh, was on episode 20 uh, of the podcast, um, you I know you're meeting up with, with him and the Bike Beyond team in Cleveland this summer. Yes, because I was lucky to study in Cleveland when I was in the university. So I'm going back there quite often, or every two years or every year, it depends. So this year, I was lucky enough to match my visit to the Bike Beyond, um, I don't know, event there. So I'm really happy to meet Sid and also Ellen and so many other great T1D. Great, yeah, I know, and that that event is going to be, you know, super amazing, and I'm really excited to kind of see all the stories that come out of it. Um, and you know, it's it's really interesting. I think, like, you know, you and Sid also being uh, over in uh, in like the UK and in Europe. Um, tell us the story, of, like how you guys got uh, got introduced before you know before we go into sort of your story. Yeah, it's pretty funny actually because. Uh, it was a, a time of my life I was kind of sad and in a, in a bad time of my type 1 diabetes story. And I was looking for friendship and to meet other T1D to see how they, they handle their lives. So I created a, an account on Instagram and Sid and I met just by this, uh, these accounts that we had. And we started talking and figure out that we had almost the same symptoms uh, because he has hypothyroidism too 
and uh, he has um, uh, the same insulin as me, so he, and he was a great support for me, so I tried to be a great support for him too because he's a new type, type 1 diabetes. So it's a really good friendship that we have, and I'm so excited to meet him in person this summer. So you guys actually haven't met in person. You'll be your. Um, this will be the first time that you guys meet in Ohio. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so now let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, I know you've been uh, a type one diabetic for twenty one years. Yes, um, I was diagnosed when I was five. So, so do you do you even remember kind of life before you were diagnosed, or you pretty much associate your whole life with type one? Yeah, I don't remember what it is like to not needing insulin or not having needles everywhere. I don't really remember that, and I don't really remember the day I was diagnosed as well. I was so little, you know. Right, and I think that's. You know, for a lot of our uh, listeners uh, and guests, that's a common uh, thing that they go through, right? Like, especially if you're diagnosed either right after you were born or when you were a young child. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You don't remember what what happened. There's no, like, you know, the typical story of going to the bathroom a lot or feeling really tired. Um, you know, you sort of just happened. So um, w- how did things, you know, growing up with type 1, what was that like? Well, it was a long journey, I would say, because when I was at school, my mom wasn't working, so she was coming at school um, twice a day so that she could test my blood sugar, and I was going at home for lunch, so she handled pretty much everything. And then I went to middle school, and I was living not even like five minutes away from my from my middle school so it was easy to handle as well and then I went to high school and I started to manage my diabetes uh, really alone without my mom and it's the time I got messed up everything my A1C was going high and it was hard for me to manage this plus the teen teenage you know I was a teen and it was difficult to handle all the the pressure from the the school plus the pressure from my diabetes so I had a hard time and even after when I was in in a university it was even worse for me because I was so focused in in my school that I totally forgot to take care of myself which is a really bad thing to do and And then I can yeah. Well, uh, before before we go on, I want to focus on a couple things because I think um, a lot of people go through what you're describing. Um, so when you got to high school uh, and you're you're in your teen years, you go through a little bit of there's a lot of hormones going on. You're growing. Your life is changing, sort of becoming an adult. Um, so with that, you have your your natural sort of body changes anyway. Plus, adding diabetes just sort of throws another wrinkle into it. Um, and you mentioned your A1C going up. Did any of that have to do with, um, you know, going through sort of your, those teen feelings as it, as it relates to diabetes, um, whether that's like being in denial or a little bit of insulin burnout? Um, talk about that a little bit, about those sort of struggles. Yeah, I think the main struggle was to trying to be normal 
but I wasn't normal. So I, sh- I kind of forgot to be a diabetic and I wanted to be a normal teen. So I wanted to go to school and have great grades, which I had. I wanted to do sports, but it was super hard for me to handle gym, um, running, everything. So I kind of stopped going to the gym, practicing sports, which is really bad. And it didn't help me with my A1C and with my, my diabetes, my diabetic um, issues. And then there was also the peer pressure. You know, it's really hard to, to be different when you're, you're in high school. And the other students, they don't understand. They don't want to be, like, they don't want to understand you. They don't want to make the effort. So I was pretty alone. And it was not a good time for me. And the only thing I liked about this, this time was studying. So I just studied all the time. And I had great grades. So this was the only good part of that time for me. Well, and you bring up such an important point. Um, it's very hard. First of all, it's hard to go to junior high and high school. Uh, those are the years where people are most vulnerable, people where kids are really mean. Uh, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of emotions, uh, and it, everything seems like such a big deal. Um, and then, and then to say, you know, be to be different on top of that, especially something that you have no control over. Um, what, what was that? you know, for, for you, like, how did you, how did you deal with that? What, and, and what kind of conversations did you have with yourself? And I know you said that, you know, you didn't want to be diabetic. Um, and so you sort of neglected some of your, you know, diabetic management. Um, yeah. What, what, what was the day to day? Like, what do you remember from those times? Well, I remember that even if I had some friends, I felt pretty lonely. I, I have always, always been, little lonely I would say but I don't need a lot of friends I just need a few good friends you know what we say that you're your real friends you can count them on the on the fingers of one hand yeah it's sort of just like real friends you know there aren't that many of us how many of us right um so you mentioned um that you took a lot of your free time and and uh, took some of that lo- alone time to dedicate to your studies um, how important was that for you? I mean, and finding something productive really to apply your extra energy to rather than being negative. I think a lot of people fall into bad habits, but you were able to turn it into something relatively good. Yes, that's true. I always loved, uh, going to school, learning new things, even now, you know, so instead of doing nothing, I just studied and tried to be the best at school. Well, and I think that, you know, especially competitive people, and it sounds like you're a little bit of a competitive person, just just like me, and I've talked to others um, who are either athletes or, you know, top performers or whatever you would say. Um, it's hard to be a, a top performing diabetic, right? Because you never win. Um, it's just like every day you're just doing the same thing, and it's just very consistent, so there's no, like, reward. Um so how, you know, how important was it for you to, you know, get those grades back and to kind of keep that motivation flowing? Because I could manage my grades. I knew if I worked hard, I would get good grades. It's not like with my diabetes. I can do whatever I want. There will always be a time that something will mess up and I will be high or low. 
So I always try my best to manage my diabetes before tests so that I was sure I had good grades. Well, it's good. I mean, and like I said, I think a lot of people fall into bad habits um, when, you know, things like that occur when you're sort of going through those uh, rebellious phases or those, you know, high hormones and a lot of changes. Uh, So it's good to hear that uh, you were able to channel it into something that you really loved, you know, studying and going to school. Yes, that's true. Uh, I had a choice. Either I would do only bad things, do nothing about my life, or I would try to do something good. So the only regret I have from that time is that I didn't, I didn't really try to improve my sports skill because I was afraid to, to be low all the time or that no one could help me if I had an issue, if I needed sugar or to go to the hospital. So instead of doing gym, I did studies. Well, and I think, um, you know, whatever journey that you choose, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there are benefits to exercise for diabetes, but it is also, you know, from a, you know, from a life perspective, just investing that time in yourself, um, you know, is is super, super valuable. Um, From a, backing up a little bit to sort of your first response, um, your mom, you mentioned, was a very key played a very key role for you early on. I think a lot of diabetics would echo that sentiment about their parents. What what was your relationship like with your mother during the difficult time in high school? Um, and you know what is your what was her relationship to your diabetes um, as you started to get older? Well, my mom was the main uh, person in my family to take care of me because my dad uh, he was working in Paris. So during the week, he wasn't at home, and my mom was taking care of my brothers and me. And I'm the only type 1 diabetic in my family, so that's a good thing, only one. (laughs) But she had a lot to handle because she had my brothers and my diabetes and me. So I really, I am thankful for having my mother taking care of me. But what I regret is that I'm not really open to her like I don't share I don't really share my struggle I don't want her to be worried or sad about me so I never really talk to her about my troubles and I think a lot of people feel the same way because on one hand you know you want to be open with your family you know whether it's your parents or uh, your significant other you know boyfriend girlfriend husband wife uh, brother, sister, or like even your doctor, but you also don't want them to worry. So, um, you know, what was that like? How is that hard for you to to say? Hey, what what does she need to know versus you know what does she want to know? Um, how did you balance that? Well, usually, even to the other people, I just show a happy face. I never like for other people who know me. They just think that diabetes is easy to manage because I'm always positive and I never show when I'm down. And even to my mom, to my family, like I think I feel sometimes that they don't know what it's really like to have diabetes because I'm too close. I don't share my troubles. And this is a thing I try to change because I don't want people to think that our illness is just no big deal. 
yes, it's a big deal. We can manage it, but it's a big deal. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people talk about, especially in social media, is like sharing the difficult moments uh, as well as the the good ones. Um, because, you know, social media is so curated, um, you don't have to share those. But I think the most positive messages that I see are when people are open and vulnerable about the struggles that they're going through. Because I, f- I feel very similar to you. All of my friends, my whole life, my family... I've been, I know I don't talk about my diabetes with them. I'm not really, and and to be fair, I'm very lucky. I don't have too many bad days. You know, lows and highs don't affect me as drastically as some other people do. But also I'm with you. I don't want this people to seem like this is easy, like this is marginalized um, because of how I deal with it. So um, what are you doing now to be more open with people about your day-to-day life? Well, you know, it all started when I, I created my Instagram account and when I met other Tuandis, I saw that it was okay not to be normal. It was okay to have troubles, to have issues, not to be happy all the time. And it was okay not to smile every day. And it's something I didn't understand before, before because I was trying to be normal. But now I don't want to be normal. I want to be me. I want to be the type one girl and to show people that I can do the same thing as they do. Plus, I have diabetes. So I'm not normal. Maybe I, I have superpowers. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I think that's a huge part of it, right? You go back to that peer pressure. Um and the need, and I think a lot of diabetics feel like they have to be a good diabetic or if they're having high numbers that they're being a bad diabetic. And I think that's such a trap to fall in um, that, you know, we this pressure that we're putting on ourselves to be perfect, um, it's there. there's no such thing. Um, so, you know, I, I think being open and especially through Instagram, uh, and I've been exposed to this myself through the platform is that, you know, people people who are honest and people who are really going through things like there is no perfect diabetic. There is no uh, even even the diabetics with like the, the most visibility or who are running these races or are speaking at events or traveling the world. Like we all have our struggles. Um, and I think that's what makes this disease so powerful and, and uh, the ability to connect to people and say, hey, oh, this person is just like me. Um, they're going through the same things I, I'm going through. I identify with this. I think that's what's so powerful about this, uh, about the disease and also about the community uh, online. Yes, I love the community. I, I was so lonely because before I, I started talking to the community, I never knew any type 1 diabetic, even here in France. I was so lonely. And then I discovered online that well, mainly in the U.S., you have so many organizations like Beyond Type 1 or GDRF that are taking care of the community and helping diabetic people not to be alone. And I think it's sad that in France, we don't have such organization. We only have one for kids, but I'm not a kid anymore. I'm in my 20s, so we need something for for grown-up diabetics and if I had a a wish right now for the future in France for type 1 diabetic 
would be that we have a Beyond Type 1 in France. Maybe I will open it. Who knows? <laughs> I think you should. Um, and I think that's what's great about Beyond Type 1 is they have sort of found a way here in the U.S. in a very short time um, to you know become that voice for Type 1s. And I feel like they really know... Uh, they really know us, right? And um, I think that's what's caused it to spread so far. And, you know, I think you should do it. Absolutely, you should do it. because That's um, my wish. Well, and I think, too, you bring up a great point about adult type 1s, right? Um, the, a recent, the recent study from the JDRF uh, in the U.S. talks about there's like 1.25 million type 1 diabetics in the U.S., um, there's like 40,000 new people diagnosed every year and only half of those are under the age of 18. So even though I was diagnosed at 16, so I was a young adult, right? Or a, uh, you know, a teen, um, really two years later, I'm in that, uh, adult category, right? So there's a lot of still young people who are adults with diabetes who don't get any sort of, um, like not, it's not necessarily treatment or care, but they, they don't feel special. There's no materials. There's no resources, and yeah, um, that's we a don't very, have supports. It, and it's a very tough part of your life anyway. Uh, and throwing a diagnosis in there can be very difficult. And um, that's something that I've been working on with diabetics doing things as well. Is that you know, it's not just when you're diagnosed. You have to live your whole life with this. Um, and it's important to know that you know if you're feeling down or you're feeling like you can't do something that to know that there are people out there that are going through that same thing um, and still living their dreams, still trying to strive for their, you know, to find their place in this world where they want to be, who they want to be uh, in spite of, and on top of their, their diabetes. So um, that's something that I really believe in as well. And I really want to, you know, encourage people to get involved with their local organizations, whether JDRF or American Diabetes Association, um, and be the voice for those teens and adults um, who are recently diagnosed because there's not as much resources for them as kids. And that's not to say that kids don't need the resources. Certainly they do. And parents of young children absolutely need as much help as yeah. they can get. Um, but they grow up. <laughs> they do. They do. And what happens to them then? Uh, and I think that's what, you know, uh, Beyond Type 1 is doing a much better job and is really the first. But you know, of those 1.25 million and they, you know, with all the numbers of how many people are growing, how, how big the type one community is growing worldwide, we're going to need to take care of those adult diabetics here in the next few years. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I totally agree with this because when I met the community, I would say it changed my life totally. I was so down and I was depressed. And then I don't know, everything changed for me. I switched from injection to the pump because I was talking almost every day on Instagram to a Swedish girl who had a pump and she explained me everything. And I wasn't afraid to switch to the pump anymore. And now it's been a year and I, it changed my life. And then I talked to Sid and he told me that there is no problem doing sport when you have diabetes. So I, I started going back to the gym and now I feel more healthy and stronger than I used to. So I think that having a community is really important because we can support each other and we understand our, our struggles. We understand when we are happy and where we are not. And it's not a problem. We don't have to explain everything about type 1 diabetes. They just understand 
with just a few words. And it's, it's something that is so important in our daily life. And that's why I try that in my account at first, I was only speaking in uh, English because I only found an English speaking community. And now I try to add more and more French so that the French T1D can also talk to me and maybe find information and support in my account. Well, and I think that's that's important too, right? Because you you talked about earlier having felt really alone. Um, and, you know, you went 20 years with type 1 treating, and I'm guessing you treated with daily injections, multiple daily injections, MDI? Yeah. Yes, so, exactly. And until you met someone like you who had a pump and had access to that person and had those conversations, only then you felt confident to go get and change your treatment. Yes, and it all happened in a few months, I would say. Just I created my account maybe in November, and I switched to the pump in March. You see, it's really, really fast. And I had this change in my life, and I change like my my I'm more happy now than I used to be before just because I have this community and it's my happiness every day when I go to Instagram and I can see what my um, diabetes friends they do in, today or they went to the gym or they traveled or they just met friends they just did normal things but I don't know. I just feel part of a community and it makes me happy. Uh, and what would you say to your, uh, to someone who's out there either um, who, who just doesn't have that community around them or feels alone? What would you tell someone who feels alone with their diabetes that they're the only one going through this? Just come talk to me. <laughs> I would say that because... There is no need to be shy or ashamed. You are who you are and it's okay not to be perfect. Maybe you are more than perfect. Who knows? <laughs> oh, man, I totally agree. I couldn't, I mean, that alone, um, like it's okay to be who you are, you know. Um, and I think, you know, for you when, you, when you started to look at those things, I know you mentioned Instagram, but who did you find first? Where did you... Um, which communities got you plugged in? Uh, you know, how did that, uh, when did you start to realize that, oh, wow, there is this entire community here that I can rely on? Well, I was looking for information online about a French uh, community for adults, and I found nothing except uh, the one for the kids that I knew. So I started lo uh, looking for English organizations, and I found Beyond Type 1, and this is how it started. And I think, you know, a lot of people are uh, echo that sentiment, you know, when you start to look for communities online or support or information, um, Beyond Type 1 really in like a few short years has become the number one, you know, go-to resource for, for Type 1s online. Yeah, because uh, they focus on Type 1 diabetes. The problem with the other organization for me is like they mix Type 1 and Type 2. And in France, as we are, they are most um, mostly type two diabetics. Then most organization for, for forget about us, about well, the type one. Well, and I mean that's very true in the U.S. as well. I mean there's a dramatic amount of I think type one diabetes only makes up like five percent of diabetics yeah. throughout, throughout the world or something like that. 
Um, so, I mean, it, it makes sense that there are those, uh, that that's where the awareness and where the funds go. But at the same time, um, you know, awareness becomes an issue for type one because it gets blended into type two and everyone, you know, not everyone. Exactly. But yeah. It's easy. That's the problem. It's, it's easy to think that they're the same. Um, and you know, they're obviously not. So, um, you know, I'm really glad that we have organizations like beyond type one who are giving a voice to type ones and telling those stories because those are the, that's the only way that we're going to change that stigma or change that misinformation, um, around diabetes, because if the stories continue and the, the funding is always going to go to where the most people are and a dramatic amount of people are affected by type two diabetes for more reasons than, uh, than just family or genes or poor health choices. But um, it can't just be, we can't just support the people where we're all, or can't just put all the funds to where the people are, right? Uh, we've got to at least devote, devote some attention to a group of people who literally cannot help what happened to them. And I think that message to young, old, recently diabetic, diagnosed diabetics or people who've had it for more than 20 years it's still not your fault. I mean, no matter what, no, no matter which way you shake it, yeah, that's you, didn't, true. you didn't choose this, right? There's nothing you could have done. Yeah, exactly. And most people, when you, you say, Hey, I have type one diabetes, they don't understand. They just think there is only type two. And for me, I'm okay with explaining type one diabetes, but sometimes it's so annoying when you have to do it every time you know you have to explain all of it and it's complex people don't understand they think you are crazy so it's really it's really annoying sometimes so this is where i try to talk more about my my diabetes to people around me uh to people online that i don't know because i think it's important to show the difference we we are not type 2 diabetes the challenges are different and if we are we are having a low people need to react and most of the time they just don't know what to do they think we are we are crazy well and i think you know it's uh, it's easy to get angry or to have a short fuse or to be annoyed um but then i try i've i've been working on myself a lot lately in this regard like um, I know a lot of type ones have type one, I guess you'd call it like, um, I'm trying to think of a grid where it's not, the word's not guilt, but it's just like a, they, they start to, you know, project and get a short fuse with people who, uh, who confuse type one and type two. And I just remember like before I, before I was diagnosed and before a lot of us knew about this disease, uh, we didn't really know the difference uh, or the nuances, and most people are just curious. So I try to be, I try to have a little bit more patience, and that's something that I'm continuing to work on. But um, you know, like you said, it can be, it can be really, really annoying, and especially when you yeah. have to do it every single day. And the more visible you are, and the more open you are with it, the more questions you have to answer. So it's 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 tough. I understand, I understand the frustration, and I think a lot of other people do as well. I mean, there's plenty of diabetes meme pages and like diabetes complaints and um it's easy to look at the negatives but um again like we talked about earlier um we kind of all make it look easy but it's, even though it's not um and and that is really a gift and a testament to how strong we all are um and how able how uh, well we're all able to handle it yeah i agree with you i always thought i was normal and i should do my best to look normal 
but I work harder than other people, so why would I just look normal? <laughs> I do I do many things every day just to look normal, so it's it's not fair if I just pretend I do nothing. So this, this is why now I show my daily routine, my daily uh, struggles to the people around me, at my job, in my family, because I don't want people to think type 1 diabetes is no big deal. It is a big deal, right? And it's, yeah. you know, I talk about, um, you know, in terms of the routine, it's like adding minimum one extra step to every single activity you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, That's which true. again, doesn't sound like a lot, but over the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, like it, it is a big deal. And there's so many other things that have to factor into decisions. How much insulin is left in my pump? You know, how much, uh, you know, yeah. how many days am I going to be gone? Uh, you know, what, what am I going to have to eat? What can I treat my low blood, my low blood sugar with? Um, you know, just lots of questions that go on, uh, throughout very simple processes. Yeah. For example, when I travel, I love traveling, so I, I never stop traveling because of my diabetes. Never, never, because I, I just love this. So every time I travel, I'm going with a friend, for example, and I show all the things I have to bring with me. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so many things. You have to bring two bags or you have to prepare way in advance. Yes, that's part of the struggle. But even if I have to manage this, I can do it. I can travel. I can go anywhere. I just need to be prepared and organized. And sometimes for people like me uh, who are not prepared or organized in their nature, it's like it, it's very difficult because like I have to <laughs> yeah. force myself to, you know, to really do those things where, you know, I, I prefer much, much more prefer to go off the cuff and sort of improvise and uh so it's been it's been both good and trying for me sometimes like for me to like get out of my own personal preferences and to really prepare and really think ahead about things. Yeah, but don't worry. Even if you are very organized, like every time I prepare everything, I'm I'm leaving the house and I'm stressed out because I, I just I don't know why I'm just stressed out until I arrive. To the destination i always think that something is going to be wrong i forgot something or i would do something and and in fact until i arrive at my destination i'm stressed out well and i think that's important too right like it doesn't matter who you are there's going to be some sort of challenge you've got to overcome yeah but we can overcome for me, one of my dreams was to go study in the USA. And even if no one helped me for this, I had to handle all the uh, paperwork to get the visa, to f get the approval from the French state to take all my medicines at, uh, at once with me. I did it all. I worked on it. And in the end, I was able to to go to study in the USA and I studied in Cleveland and it was a great experience for me. I didn't meet any diabetic at that time and maybe I should have looked for some organization around, but just the fact that I could do something like that was great for me, you know, because I was thinking that no, nothing could stop me. Even if I have type 1 diabetes, I can do whatever I want. That's so strong, so powerful. Um, 
and I think a sentiment that a lot of people um, would echo, especially in the community. But also, uh, I want to I want to ask you. I always ask this question, sort of, as we wrap up our interview. If if you could only tell one thing to a person with type one diabetes who was either recently diagnosed or were struggling, you know, is that what you would tell them that you can do anything? Yes, I will first tell them to accept who they are and that they have to accept that they have type 1 diabetes. And then I would tell them that it won't stop them from doing anything. You see, uh, Sid can go do biking for 10 weeks across the USA. I can go traveling anywhere. I can work. I can study. I can do whatever I want. So diabetes is not something that would stop us. It is a challenge. We have to work hard for what we want, but we can do whatever we want. Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> and I think I think that's you know that's the message that I want to continue to echo around for people is that whatever it is, um, you can do it. And I think I, I love what you talked about with acceptance because that's a big, um, a common theme for people is that they have a hard time they're accepting that this is real this is kind of a, a lifetime journey that they're on now um, but at least now I think there's more resources where you can see hey you're not the only one there's a lot of other people in this boat and look at all of the amazing people that uh, that are out there living with type 1 diabetes I think um, you know yourself included and, and then the rest of uh, the community and a lot of guests that we've had on this podcast like some awesome, 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 awesome people um, that you can be exposed to and you have something in common with uh, just because you uh, accept your diagnosis and kind of move forward from there. Yes, that's true. When you accept, then there is no, no more, um, no more, no, no thing that can stop you because you are who you, who you are. So you accept your life and you accept your, your challenges and you can be stronger. For me, what it's happened to me, you know, I have been, um, I have had type 1 diabetes for 20 years before I realized it was okay to have type 1 diabetes, you know. So it can happen after a long, long time. But when it happens, it's like a rebirth. And you you live again and you accept the challenge and you have more energy and and more will to do to do all these things. It's uh, it's powerful. It's it's uh, self acceptance is such a huge thing uh, and a huge part of being a um, a successful successful in your walk with type one. Even just just you, it's just your relationship with uh, with yourself. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that I have to to climb climb a mountain. You know, it just means that I can live my normal life because I have pretty a pretty normal life. You know, so it's just. Knowing that I accept who I am, it makes me happy every day just doing simple things. And it's the message I want to tell the people is, it's okay. You're, you're good. You're doing good. Just be you and be happy. So, uh, Naomi, I, uh, Naomi I, I really want to, uh, I want to make sure that we give our guests an opportunity to find you on social media and give and give you a follow and interact with you. Because uh, like you said earlier, uh, if you're feeling lonely, just to reach out and, uh, and talk to you. So uh, where can our guests find you uh, online? 
Well, mainly on Instagram. My account is noemi.t1d. There's two I in Noemi. <laughs> but maybe you will put the link in the, yes, in the yes. description. Of course, I'll absolutely uh, put it in the show notes so that, uh, so that people will be able to find you. Yeah, and anyone can come and talk to me. I would really love to share my experience and to learn from other T1Ds because it's the best part of the community is the exchange that we can have. It is, and I think you know I'm I'm most I'm really really um, encouraged by uh, by your dream to uh, to bring an organization to France for adult type ones, um, and I think um, the T1D community is really hungry for that, not only in France but elsewhere as well. So um, I look forward to uh, continuing to uh, interact with you in the community and seeing all the great work you're going to do. Yes, you will. I will keep everyone posted of whatever happened to me. And I was really happy to do this interview with you because I've been following your work and the interviews for a long time now. And when you contacted me, I was so happy, you know, just to talk to you and share my experience with other T1Ds. It's, it's the best thing. Well, it's my pleasure, um, and I agree. It is the best thing. I love getting to meet, uh, you know, amazing people that I have uh, type one in common with from all over the world. So, you know, thanks for being you. Thanks for accepting yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.